0: Welcome back to Letters to Women. It's a podcast that explores what it means to live the feminine genius in our daily life as Catholic women. So my husband, Joseph, just celebrated a work anniversary and I wanted to get him something, just a little something to celebrate with him. So I wandered through the aisles of Target with baby Maeve browsing around. And what I ended up on was a case of LaCroix. Joseph's doing Exodus 90. So all the way until Easter, there's really not much that I could give him that he could enjoy, but he can drink water. And so... A pack of LaCroix, it was. I got the gift home, sat it on our counter, and I found something on the package that rubbed me the wrong way. I'm gonna read to you what I'm seeing on this LaCroix package. Sparkling water, key lime, which as a side note is a wonderful flavor. Naturally essenced, zero calorie, zero sweetener, zero sodium equals innocent. Innocent! Now, that word is a, is a fascinating word to use to describe food because it makes me think reading this package that, that any food that has calories, sweeteners, sodium is guilty, innocent and guilty, good and bad. Isn't it interesting that we as a society describe food that way? And even good and bad are terms that I've heard used to describe the shape of our bodies. Even though in scripture we know that the Lord's on our bodies, that He created, and He says they are good. In today's episode, we're talking about the way that we talk about food, the way that we talk about diets, and the way we talk about our bodies. Just as a heads up, we're going to be really honest in this episode about health habits and maintaining a healthy relationship with food. If you're struggling with an eating disorder, you are not alone. In the United States, 20 million women and 10 million men suffer from an eating disorder at some point in their life. When I was struggling with healthy eating, I visited a doctor and brought the issue to my therapist as well. There is no shame in that. Sometimes what we struggle with is much bigger than ourselves and asking for help is not a sign of weakness. It's actually an incredibly brave thing to do. So if you need to talk to a professional about your struggle, you can reach out through the National Eating Disorder Association hotlines and live chats, and you'll find the links for those over at my blog in the show notes today, oldfashionedgirlblog.com. We're welcoming to the podcast, Elizabeth Varga. She is the creator behind the food and lifestyle blog, The Plant-Based Catholic, where she shares healthy recipes that she makes and the ways that she sees faith and food intertwining. Elizabeth, welcome to Letters to Women. It's so good to have you here.
1: Thanks, Chloe. It's really great to be here.
0: In today's episode, we're going to be talking about your journey with food, healing from shame surrounding our bodies and nutrition, and how to honor God with our bodies. Before we dig in, Elizabeth, can you start by telling your story as a Catholic woman?
1: So I was a cradle Catholic, grew up Catholic, went to Sunday school, um, but wasn't really on fire in my faith until college uh, when I got involved in campus ministry. We got focused on campus. I started, you know, going to daily mass more, getting more involved with the sacrament, starting to really explore my faith um, more and just fall in love with everything about the Catholic faith. Yeah, joined a small group Bible study, started going to daily mass. I started getting more involved and falling in love with Jesus, I did um, the at-home retreat, 33 Days to Merciful Love. And that that retreat, that changed my life. And my heart has completely transformed to desire to spread the gospel with everyone that I meet. Um, and one of the outlets that I use for that to spread the gospel is my blog. It's something that I love to do and just hope that through the words that I write, that I can yeah just share the gospel with anyone who is able to encounter that on the internet.
0: <laughs> I have a couple friends who did the 33 days to merciful love retreat and have incredibly similar experiences, and just loved how much it, it drastically changed the way that they approach evangelization and sharing the gospel. So it's so beautiful to hear that that's part of your story as well.
1: Yeah, it's it's really beautiful that I've, I've done it a couple times since the first time that I did it, and it. It inspires me every single time and it it's, it's
0: so beautiful. Oh, it reminds me too of going through a Marian consecration and going through it a couple of times and having different things stick out every time. It's just so good to renew that.
1: Yes. Yes, definitely.
0: So you mentioned the blog that you write on, The Plant-Based Catholic, and I I love this blog. It's just, it's so beautiful. And you share nutritious, plant-based, or vegan recipes, and you talk a lot about the relationship between food and faith. Can you talk about your own personal journey with food? What's that looked like? And how has eating a plant-based diet really impacted your life?
1: Yeah, so growing up, my parents always cooked us pretty healthy meals. My sister and I, we, you know, always had a vegetable on our plate. We had a lot of a ton of home cooked meals, rarely ate out at, at restaurants. Um, they are always having us try different foods. Um, so I I ate pretty healthy, you know, growing up. But I decided to eat a plant-based diet in college after spending years of just not feeling good. You know, I was bloated, tired, I had acne. Um, I went through a period in high school and early college of excessive calorie restriction. I thought that if I just ate less food, that I would feel better, I would get skinnier, I would be happier, all the things that, you know, everyone wants. But all of that actually made me more miserable. Um, My body stopped functioning properly. It stopped functioning in the way that God created it to function. I lost my period. My hair started thinning. I felt worse. And not better, and I felt worse about myself. I knew that something needed to change. I was starting to get into more health and fitness type stuff as I was, you know, going out on my own into the world and realizing that I had to be a healthy adult. Um, I realized that I couldn't, I couldn't live the way that I was living anymore. I couldn't live in that restriction and just compulsion. Um, so I started researching how how I could fuel my body properly. I learned that nutrients found in plants are actually some of the most beneficial and least harmful things that we can put in our bodies. They provide so many vitamins, nutrients, minerals, like everything that we need, we can get in plants. And so I started eating more plants and eating less you know, processed food, animal products, things that I was learning that could actually harm my body, um, and eventually switched to a completely plant-based diet um, about halfway through college. And after I did this, I felt the freedom to stop counting calories at all. Um, I I was able to kind of let go of that. I got my period back. I started feeling better. My acne went away. I like everything just kind of fell into place as I let go of this restriction and just embraced eating whole real foods um eating plant-based has let me learn how to give my body what it actually needs um and yeah just let go of that restriction that i experienced in high school and early college it helped me learn how to love myself and love my body for how god made it how he created it to be how he intended it
0: that's i love the language and the words that you're using to describe this journey, because it's a, it's very holistic how realizing that what you put in your body isn't just for your digestive system. Your digestive system isn't this system that's totally separated from the rest of of your body, but it affects the way that you interact with others. It affects the way that your, that your reproductive system works and all these different things. And really coming to this, I love this idea, this freedom or being free from restrictions of, of things that had held you like counting calories, um, or maybe to the, the way that the world tells us we're supposed to look as women, especially. And so I, oh man, I, I love this concept of freedom. That's so beautiful.
1: Yeah. I mean, God, God intended us to live in freedom. He gave us freedom and the, the world has, you know, pressured us to this standard of how we look or how we should look or how we should eat or how we should be. And that's, that's not freedom. That's caving into the pressure of the world. And I think it's really important for each of us to figure out how we can better embrace that freedom and what we can, what changes, what we can do, what changes we can make in our lives to help find that freedom that God has given us.
0: It is just so much of a healthier way to talk about how we nourish our bodies. I, I remember growing up, I'd have friends or family members who would go on a lot of diets growing up usually with with the goal of of losing weight and i think usually kind of fueled by this idea of the ideal body type that the culture has told us about but this isn't using the same language it's it's finding freedom and this is what has worked it's worked for you really beautifully and it's brought a lot of freedom into your life so much so that you're doing you're you're not doing things that i would expect from someone with this kind of worldly idea of a diet, like you're not counting your calories. That just seems like that seems like a foreign concept for someone who's being really intentional about the way they eat. And so that's just a beautiful alternative, a different way to, to think about the way that we nourish our bodies. So on your blog, you write that, I love this line from your blog, that food is good for the body and the soul. How do you see those two things, faith and food, intertwining?
1: First and foremost, I see that in the Eucharist. Um, Jesus gives himself to us through food, through Bread and wine, and yeah, we believe that the bread and the wine are his body, blood, soul, and divinity, but he still chooses to enter us through food. He could have chosen any other mechanism to give himself to us, but he chose food, and I think, like, just off of that, that's incredibly powerful. Further than that, like, God. He gave us food in general, like when he created us, um, he created us so that we depend on food. He could have made us as people who didn't need food. We could not need any, you know, sustenance at all. But he created our bodies to have a dependence, to require food for nourishment. And I think that's sort of a symbol for a, a dependence on him. Like he created food and he created us to depend on food similar to how we depend on him. Food is also how we fell. Like the first story in the Bible is about how Eve, she ate food that she wasn't supposed to. Food is so deeply integrated to the story of salvation, how it was our fall, but it's also our salvation. And I think that in our day-to-day lives, we we just take that for granted so much that food is actually so intertwined with, our yeah our faith you know on a more sort of day-to-day level like you talked about earlier so many women do struggle with body image issues weight issues thinking that they're not enough because they can't you know get control over their diet but I think that we can use food like we were talking about earlier to help us live in that freedom we can use food to help our bodies but also to give us yeah, that freedom to think positively about ourselves so that we can be in that mental state to be able to strive towards holiness, to live out the um, vocations that God is calling us to.
0: I love what you said about the Eucharist. It also makes me think this question about reading through the Gospels and when the Lord, especially in his uh, resurrected body, when he comes and interacts with those that he loves, he says, are you, you know, are you hungry? Do you want to eat? Um, and how much he, he loves our day-to-day. He loves the little things. And I think just a reminder that it's so easy to think of food as something like the to-do list. Oh, I need to eat lunch or I need to make dinner. But to instead realize that, no, this is an opportunity, and just as like everything is, but this specifically is an opportunity to enter. This is a this is a chance to interact with the Lord and a reminder that he comes to us as food for our bodies. Bodies come in all shapes and sizes and i have seen some some shift not nearly enough to correct what what i've seen before but i've seen a shift in some media appreciating bodies of all types but the, i think there's still this this idea that there's there's only one type of body that's socially acceptable or beautiful for someone who's listening who's been shamed about the shape of her body Or maybe she's fallen into the trap of critiquing or comparing her own body to those around us. And and this, I think, has got even worse with the rise of social media. Do you have any advice for how to begin the healing process and recognizing that our bodies, too, are good? Yeah, I think first, just remembering
1: that God created you. He created your body to be exactly how it is. Psalm 139 says, uh, you knit me in my mother's womb. He created us. Like from the very moment of our existence, he formed us and he has formed each and every one of the people listening to this podcast. Uh, He has formed them to be exactly how they are. Your body is how it's supposed to be. It's not supposed to be like anyone else's because it's yours. He created you, your unique individual. Um, And yeah, maybe you do have a desire to be skinnier or more muscular or, you know, whatever body type you're wanting. Um, And he gave you that desire for a reason too. Like we're allowed to have an idea of what we want ourselves to look like. That's okay. But I think it's important to understand the root of those desires. I think it's important to kind of reflect on why, yeah, why we're desiring a certain body shape. Are we desiring that for vanity or are we desiring it for health? Because God doesn't want us to be unhealthy. He wants us to live well. He wants us to be nourished. He wants us to, yeah, just be healthy. He gives us good food that can nourish us. But what he, I, I don't think he wants us to drive after some body type just because society says that we have to. And I think. I think there, yeah, there is so much pressure, pressure to look a certain way, but really just thinking about what what God really desires for us, and He desires health. Um, I think just shifting the perspective from a certain look or a certain dress size to a focus on health and fueling ourselves with food um, that can help us live how we're supposed to live.
0: This encouragement to intentionally look at the reason why we have that desire? Is it is it because I've been comparing myself to the women that I've seen on YouTube in the workout videos? Is it because I desire to be more healthy? Or I know that I've spoken to a medical professional and I know that this is something that would be good for me. I think that's such a, a key to it. What's the root of this desire? Because we have to dig down to the root of them and see what's really what's really the, the reason.
1: And, and often when we're having these you know, desires that are more based in vanity, they go against what's actually healthy for us. Um, Going back to my story, my, you know, time in high school and early college of, you know, calorie restriction for the desire to be skinnier, that was actually harming me, like my desire for a certain look was doing terrible things to my body. It was destroying me. And I think we just forget about that. We forget that all the things that we do to make ourselves look a certain way, we we don't realize how they're actually hurting us. I think if we step back and, and look at that and really recognize what we're doing to ourselves, that can help shift our perspective a lot.
0: I think about how it must be so interesting for the Lord to look down at the span of human history and to see all of the things that have the trends that have come in what we have said as a culture that is beautiful that is good and for him to have the bird's eye view of that and just to, to look down and just as like, oh, I know what's what you're really desiring especially when it comes to this idea of of knowing that we are good and knowing that we're the beloved that comes from the Lord. And he's the only He's the only one who can fulfill that. There's not going to be anything that we can stuff into that hole that is the the shape of the Lord in our heart that's going to fulfill that. And I just, that must be such an interesting, especially as a father to look down and see so many of his children just having this desire and knowing that he can fulfill that, but that he also gives us the freedom to, to look for it in other places and how hard that must be for him.
1: To know that he does see all of us as beautiful it's such a gift to to think about it that way to think about what his perspective is in seeing us each as a unique individual creation it's beautiful he doesn't care that we look a certain way because exactly like you said throughout history there's been so many different body types that have been popular or looked up to or whatever he just wants our hearts
0: on your blog, you talk about how you've found that eating a plant-based diet has really improved your health and it's a really good fit for you. For listeners who they're listening, I love this idea of finding an intentional choice about how they eat. Because I think for for women who struggle with body issues, uh, I had a conversation with a friend about this recently and and, it, and I love this. For For women who struggle with body issues, it may be a hard jump to say, you should just love your body. You should just be be good with be good with what we what you have and be thankful. And that's a hard jump for someone to go from who does not like their body. And so I think really this I love how you talk and speak into an intentional nourishment and seeing what works for you. And for listeners who are thinking like, okay, I, I that is a great first step. Do you have any advice for starting that research process? God
1: created this wonderful organism that we call our bodies, and it works in a specific way to process food, to give us energy, to help us do all the things that we do all day. He created in our bodies feedback mechanisms to help us understand what's good for our particular bodies. But often we're just moving so fast throughout our busy days that we just don't listen to those feedback mechanisms. So um, something that I try to do ideally all the time, it doesn't always happen because life is busy. But um, I try to, yeah, just pay attention to how food makes me feel. Like, after I eat a meal, am I bloated? Am I tired? Am I cranky? Or am I energized? Do I feel fueled? Do I feel light? You know, what, how do I how does my body actually feel after I've eaten? Um, And this can look different for everyone um, in terms of what food is a good fit for us. Um, and this is, again, we don't we don't want to compare ourselves to others because different foods can react incredibly differently in different people. Um, for example, for me, I can't eat apples. Apples are an incredibly healthy food. They have fiber. They have vitamins. They have so many good things. And almost everyone would agree that apples are a great food. But when I eat apples, my stomach hurts and I get super bloated, and I just feel awful. Um, And so I don't eat apples. And that doesn't mean that apples aren't a good food. It just means that they don't work for me. They might be great for you. You might be able to eat them every day, um, but they don't work for me. And I realized this after paying attention to my body, what I felt like after I ate an apple. And I'm observing that on the day-to-day trying to figure out what works for me um and I think that's that's the best the best place to start is just observing yourself kind of doing like you 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 were asking me about research I think the research here is research on yourself honestly um because because all of our bodies are so different that yeah there are there are a lot of you know, actual scientific resources out there that can, you know, that have validity that can help guide us. But everybody is so unique that you really just kind of have to do your own experimentation. In terms of actual, you know, scientific resources, if you are just looking on the internet, ideally trying to read, Articles that have uh, or that cite scientific studies, um, so you can have some confidence that the information presented is factual. Um, I list some sources on my website. One of my favorite uh, websites to visit is called NutritionFacts.org. It's a doctor he um, actually goes through some scientific studies and presents them in a way that people who didn't study science in college can understand. Um yeah that that site is super helpful but you know ultimately like i said the best research you can do is on yourself you know best what works for you um and this this could look like keeping a food diary just writing out what you eat how you feel afterward you know how you feel 30 minutes afterward how you feel a couple hours afterward that sort of thing um for a couple weeks this isn't meant to be you know calorie counting or you know food restriction or anything like that this is just an idea to help you get a feel for how each food reacts with you yeah so just a couple weeks write down everything you eat how you feel afterwards um that can help you get a real sense of what foods work well for you and what
0: foods don't and it requires intentionality too i think so often when i eat it's very easy to fall into the trap of, I'm just going to grab something on the way there. I'm so busy. My biggest trap that I fall into is I'm going to just skip. I'm just going to skip the meal. But when I do eat, having that intentionality of being sensitive to my own story and the way my body is interacting with food and to be able to say, this does not work for me, or this does work for me. I love how you talk about apples. That's such a great example because I think so often in our culture we say this food is good or this food is bad, um, and I and I think this is such a shift to say this doesn't work for me versus this is a bad food. That's that is a radical shift in the way we talk about food.
1: Yeah, because our yeah it, every person is so different, and what like like we were talking about with body image before, like. We should not be comparing ourselves to others because we are not other people. We're ourselves. Our bodies are different. My body reacts differently than yours. It's simple. The concept is simple. It's the, the execution that's a little difficult.
0: Yeah, that is, that's the truth. Usually, as I'm listening to this, I was like, ah, oh, the thing that is standing in between me and doing this is is me. <laughs> <laughs> God made our bodies in his image. You've spoken into this throughout this entire episode. I love this, that our bodies are good and it's so good and it's so necessary to honor our bodies and we've spoken into a lot this episode so far about how we as individuals can yeah be sensitive to our story and honor and the dignity that our bodies have but also how we interact with others it matters too how can we honor the bodies of women and and men around us and in our lives in the way that we speak about our foods our diets and body shapes and things like that
1: yeah, i think it's important to be honest with each other. I love to talk about, well, I love to talk about food, but I love to talk about how food makes me feel. Like, I think it's really important for me to just be honest with other people. So many women struggle with food diets, body shapes, but no one wants to talk about it. Like Mm -hmm. it's so stigmatized. We just keep it within ourselves because it's embarrassing. Um, But I think the first step is to be, yeah, honest with each other about these topics. Like, tell your friend that you're not eating the donut at work because when you eat it, it doesn't make you feel good. Or just be honest and say, like, I'm feeling super bloated today. Everyone gets bloated. Like, I used to think that bloating or body image issues or calorie restriction, anything like that, I used to think that they were all something that only I was dealing with. But as I, opened up to my friends and, you know, family about my struggles, I realized that almost every every one of the people that I know has a diet-related struggle. I think just, you know, taking that first step to be a little vulnerable with the people around you and honest about what you're going through, that can help kind of break the stigma that is currently in our culture and just kind of give us, sense of community that we don't have to go through these struggles alone because we're all we're all dealing with it even if we don't want to talk about it I'm just encouraging everyone to start talking about it
0: when we when we are vulnerable and share with people that we trust about what we're going through how we realize that we're not the only one but also that we're not we're not at the final destination yet and that we can get and journey there together in terms of being at a healthier spot with food and with body image, because I think you're speaking into something that is so true, because I have yet yet to encounter a woman who hasn't been impacted by the way that society thinks about our bodies or food or diets. I really think that it's a universal struggle, and I totally agree that there, there's a stigma around it.
1: Yeah, and, and God created us for community. He yes. wants us to talk about these things he wants us to go through these struggles together. Um, yeah. 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 Again, Sorry. simple, simple <laughs> in concept,
0: <laughs> hard in practice, <laughs> practice. <laughs> but worth it. But so so worth it. <laughs> yeah. Um, Elizabeth, where, for for listeners who are who are listening and they want to go check out your blog and find more about what you have to say about plant based recipes and, and this and your journey through food and faith, where can they find you online?
1: Yeah, so my website is theplantbasedcatholic.com, and you can also find me on Instagram and Facebook, both at
0: theplantbasedcatholic. You know, the one question that I ask women who come on the show that I used to round Mm -hmm. it out. uh, Yeah. Yeah, the feminine genius. Can you speak into how you live out the feminine genius as a woman, especially as a woman who's passionate about encouraging women and, and, and people to honor God with their bodies?
1: Yeah, I I cannot tell you how much I love this question. It's such a beautiful question. Um, I love that you ask every guest about this for me. I, I love, I run a food blog. I love cooking. Obviously I, I love, uh, cooking for people and cooking with people. Um, we talked about how our society is so busy. Um, we barely have time to spend cooking and eating a meal with someone. Um, so I love to be intentional with my time and invite people into that. I have friends over to cook dinner. I will, I'm the person who has, you know, a bag of cookies, homemade, of course, you know, pretty much everywhere that I go to just share with people. Um, food is so beautiful in that it's something that unites us. It helps us create community. I mean, Jesus set the example, breaking bread with his disciples. So I just love using healthy food, food that people feel good about eating um, as a way to, yeah, just share life with people, to enter in communion with those around me and just love people through food.
0: Um, Food is love. I'm wishing you lived closer. I've been stalking your blog on instagram and thinking ah i would love to see what this tastes like and so i love that's (laughs) the way you love on people that's so good though that's so beautiful i love it well elizabeth thanks so much for your time this evening coming on and sharing your story as a catholic woman who is really striving for this integration of food and faith in in your life it's been beautiful to get to know you better yeah
1: thank you so much for having me this is great conversation
0: Hey, thanks for listening to today's episode. If you want to find any of the links or resources that Elizabeth and I mentioned in today's podcast, head over to my blog, oldfashionedgirlblog.com and look for today's letter. If you have a few minutes, rate and review the podcast on iTunes. And if this particular episode struck a chord with your heart and you know someone, a woman in your life, maybe a sister, a friend, a neighbor who this would resonate with as well, can you share it with her today? I can't wait. For the next episode with you, we're going to be discussing suffering and the cross, especially as we gear up for Lent, which is in only a few short weeks. Keep an eye out for it. Make sure you're subscribed to Letters to Women on iTunes, Google Play, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And until next time, be not afraid.